there are two mitzvahs we observe during the course of our dying in Rosh Hashanah. Of course, the mitzvah of Kiyah Shofar, the calling of the Shofar, and the mitzvah of Kriyas Apsukim, of Malchiyot, the Chronos, and Shofar, the special brachas, the special Shman Ezrei, that we recite only on Mutzah of Rosh Hashanah. These two mitzvahs, of course, make up the majority of our davening, especially unique aspects of that feel on Rosh Hashanah. I'd like to try to explore tonight the relationship between these two mitzvahs. How do these two mitzvahs, the mitzvah blowing the shofar and the mitzvah recitation of the psukim, enhance one another, and perhaps to be able to understand both of the halacha and of the machshava, how this relationship really becomes the focus and the primary motif of the entire day of Rosh Hashanah. The first mitzvah, the mitzvah of shofar, is clearly a mitzvah in the Torah. The Torah tells us in two places, Yom Teruah Yelachem, Zichron Teruah Mikra Kodesh, that we are required from the Torah itself to blow, to hear a certain amount of kolos of the Shofar and Rosh Hashanah. This is without a question a mitzvah in the Torah. However, the recitation of the Psukim, and the doctrine of Musa, of Malchios, the Kronos, and Shofros, this is a question where the source of this mitzvah comes from. How do we know that we are required to recite these special psukim as part of Adamian and Rosh Hashanah? There are several sources of the Gemara that seem to indicate that these are also in Torah. The Gemara, in fact, quotes psukim, parashim psukim, zichron, trua, zichron, malamit, sha'omer, zichronos, trua, malamit, sha'omer, shofros, phrase, ani Hashem alokechem, which speaks about a Kaddish Baruch being the melech, malamit, sha'omer, malchios, so there are several places in the Gemara that seem to point in the direction that these are also mitzvahs in Torah. There's a special mitzvah that arises to say psukim of Malchus, Achronos, and Shofros during the course of Davin and Rosh Hashanah. Nevertheless, there is one Gemara in the Sefer Rosh Hashanah that says just about black on white that this obligation of Davin Musa, even on Rosh Hashanah, is only midrabban, is only rabbinic in nature, does not come from the Torah. The Gemara talks about a following scenario. You have an individual who lives out on a farm. There's no shofar. Not only is there no shofar, but there's nobody who knows how to daven. This person doesn't know how to daven. Nobody in town knows how to daven. The person has a problem. There are two cities within walking distance on Yomtev. If he goes to the west, he'll find the shofar. If he walks to the east, he'll find the chazan. Somehow, neither shoe was able to get the rack together. They couldn't get about the chair, and I had about to feel a good sense. So he went shul high about the chair, went shul high the chazan. So never what should this poor Jew who then the farm, what should he do? Where should he go? Should he hear the key shofar? Or should he go daven to, in effect, fulfill his obligation of Malchus, the Chronos, and Shofar? Says the Gemara, there's absolutely no question in the world what he should do. Says the Gemara, we really have to discuss the Shiloh. Of course, he should go be a shofar. And the reason being, says the Gemara, shofar is a mitzvah in the Torah, whereas Malachal, Zechon, is a shofar, also only a mitzvah in the Rabbanon. In the hierarchy of Halacha, of course, the mitzvah in the Torah clearly outweighs a mitzvah in the Rabbanon. Based on this Gemara, it becomes rather obvious that the whole institution of Dabi Musab and Rosh Hashanah is the Rabbanon, is only rabbinic in nature, and in fact, it's not nowhere near as significant as the Kiyah shofar. And in fact, the Ramban, in his commentary on Chomish, quotes this Gemara, 
and proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that this is in fact the case, that the recitation of the Psukim of Malchus, the Kronos and Shofros, is in fact only with the Rabbanon, there's absolutely no valid source in the Chavish per se. Notwithstanding the opinion of the Ramban, others disagree. Others such as Rashi and others claim that no. And in fact it is true that davening Musaf on Rosh Hashanah is the Torah. And what do we do with the Gemara that says it's only with the Rabbanon? But all of the Mepharshim explain that there's a fundamental distinction as to when Malchiyah, Zichronos, and Shofros are in the Torah, and when they are in the Rabbanon. Zedi it depends. If you're blowing shofar, if you're in a town that has a shofar, so then the recitation of the psukim together with the shofar becomes the mitzvah in Torah, is elevated to an actual mitzvah midaraisa. If you're in a town where there is no shofar, all you're going to do is daven musaf, then and only then davening musaf is only with the But to put it in very practical terms, most years, Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros is Min HaTorah. This year, the first day of Rosh Hashanah, is Chalios B'Shavez. There's no Shofar. We have to dab a Muslim anyway. You don't have to make it a little bit shorter this year, but not all that much. Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros this year, on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, would only be with the Rabbana, would only be rabbinic in nature. Since Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros without Ishtikia Shofar are in fact only with the Rabbana. Although this is a Chimak and Mandos is a distinction that a whole group of Acharonim suggest. What's it based on? How do we understand that? Why should this be so? We have to be consistent. We have to make up our minds. In the recitation of the Psukim in Atorah with the Rabbanah, what does this mean that sometimes yes and sometimes no? If there's a show for yes and there's no show for no, why should this be so? So let's get a little bit of a background to other mitzvahs which may be able to shed some light on this somewhat strange halacha that Malkia, Zechariah, and Shofar together with Tekiah Shofar becomes Minatona, whereas in the absence of Tekiah Shofar remains only Midirabana. We know generally speaking when one performs a mitzvah, so in the world of halacha, the ma'isah mitzvah is ultimately all that is critical. What a person has to do is perform the action of the mitzvah, Kedasu Chedin, and he's what we call Yotze, he fulfilled his obligation. Did the person think about what he was doing? Did he contemplate the philosophic and moral lessons behind the mitzvah? That may be nice, it may be wonderful, that they enhance his relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. But bottom line, after all said and done, he performed the mitzvah whether he had things in mind or whether he didn't have things in mind. If a person went through the action of doing a mitzvah, so he performs that mitzvah in the fullest sense of the word, in the halakhic sense of the word, even without understanding the reason behind the mitzvah. So tamen mitzvahs are important, yes. They're important to understand, and they're important in enhancing our sensitivity to mitzvahs. But in terms of the halakhic world, tamen mitzvahs, the reasons behind the mitzvahs, really don't play a very critical role. However, there are some mitzvahs where this is not the case. There are a group of mitzvahs where the Torah itself stresses the significance of the reason behind the mitzvahs. For example, there are three mitzvahs that we perform during the course of the year that the Torah itself tells us, do such and such in order to remind you of a particular event or of a particular important message. Those three mitzvahs being the mitzvah of tzitzis, 
the Torah says explicitly, put on tzitzes l'ma'atiz gerut, so you should remember to fulfill all of the mitzvot. Put on tzitzes l'ma'atiz gerut, that it should enable you to learn Torah, enable you to remember if you have And the third mitzvah, the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah, so that you should remember the sukkahs of old and the camping through the desert. Three times the Torah spelled out for us, do these mitzvot so that such and such should be remembered to you. Says the Bach in his commentary on the Torah, these three mitzvot make up a unique group in halacha that in order to perform the mitzvah properly, in the halachic sense of the word, you have to concentrate on the meaning of the mitzvah. It's not enough minah Torah just to put on tzitzis. It's not enough minah Torah just to put on tzvillin, and it's not enough minah Torah just to sit in the sukkah. Rather, there's an absolute halachic requirement, minah Torah, of sitting in the sukkah, knowing why you're sitting in the sukkah. Putting on tzitzis and tzvillin, knowing full well why you're performing these mitzvahs. These particular mitzvahs, Tameh mitzvahs, are not something which is external. It's not something which is in the world of Jerush, but rather emphasis in the world of Halacha, that in order to perform the mitzvah correctly, as he did, you have to be aware of this particular Tameh for each particular mitzvah. And there may be another several examples, other examples of these types of mitzvahs. The mitzvahs of Achilas, Tarbon, Pesach, Matzah, Let us not forget the famous statement of Rabbi Gamliel, Haya Omer, Many Rishonim interpret that statement to mean that if you really want to perform the mitzvah of eating matzah properly, it's not enough just to go and buy expensive shmur matzah and eat the biggest kazayas in the short amount of time. That's not good enough. You have to eat the matzah knowing full well why you're eating the matzah, knowing full well why you're eating the morar, knowing full well why you're partaking of the current Pesach. So we do find in the world of halacha the Tameh HaMitzvot do play a role, albeit not in all mitzvot, but in certain unique designated mitzvot, Pesach, Matzah, Moror, Tzitzah, Tzvillin, and Sukkah, because these are the mitzvot ultimately the Torah singles out, the Tameh HaMitzvot are absolutely an integral, critical part in the halachic world. Perhaps this notion exists when it comes to Pekia Shofar as well. What is the significance of Malchi, of Zichronos, and Shofros, and why are these brachos linked so critically to Tzikiyah Shofar? The answer is that these brachos are in effect the Tameh HaMitzvahs behind the mitzvah of Tzikiyah Shofar. Ultimately, why do we blow Shofar on Rosh Hashanah? So everybody knows the whole series of lists of reasons that the Rishonim give of what Tzikiyah Shofar is all about. In fact, all of the reasons can be summed up in three words. Those three words are Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofros. The Kiyah Shofar celebrates the coronation of a king, Malchios. The Kiyah Shofar initiates the period of judgment, Zichronos. The Kiyah Shofar reminds us of Akedah Yitzchak, also Zichronos. The Kiyah Shofar reminds us of Akedah and Harsinai, Shofros. The Kiyah Shofar reminds us of the heralding of the days of Mashiach and Chiyas HaMesim. These, of course, make up the themes of the Baraka of Shofros. So incorporated into these three brothers are all the reasons that we've learned about, that we've learned about as children, and all the many different reasons 
one bushel for all the reasons that are listed by the Rishonim, these are in fact all find their place within the Pesukim of Malchias, Akronis, and Shofras. So rather than Malchias, Akronis, and Shofras being a separate entity, in effect what they really are, are simply the declarations of statements, why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we blowing Shofar today? The answer is because of all of the circuit that we're going to mention, all the themes and all the motifs behind Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofars. As such, it makes perfect sense why Malchios, Zichronos, and Shofars sometimes are in Torah and sometimes in the Bible. Going back to the marshal that we gave of putting on Sitius, sitting in the Sukkah, putting on Tzillin, you can imagine what if a person decides, you know what, this morning I'm not going to go to shul, I'm tired, I'm going to lay in bed, I'm not going to put on Tzillin today, but I'm going to have in mind a deep concentration, Ramalan, Tia, Tzillin, Hashem, Nefichah, as he turns over and hits the alarm. Needless to say, that statement is not a mitzvah, not a mitzvah in the not a mitzvah in the Rabbana, that's nothing. That's a meaningless statement in Allah. However, the same person who comes to Shul and puts on his filling and then says, is incorporating that statement into the mitzvah in the of Anachas Tfilin. So the statement of reason of Anachas Tfilin, or the statement of reason of Yeshiva Vesukha or Mavisha Stiftus, only has significance in a halakhic sense of word when you're doing it together with the Maisa Mitzvah. When it's done with the Maisa Mitzvah, then it becomes incorporated as a Tana Mitzvah, as an expression of the reason behind the Mitzvah, and it becomes elevated to a Chelak of the Mitzvah in Torah. When it's separate and distinct, and a person never cannot blow the shofar because he doesn't have a shofar, or in Shabbos, and he's not blowing it because Allah prohibits him from blowing it, so, Sukkim and Malkis, the Chronos and Shabbat have to be said anyway. There are Mitzvah and Dirabala, you have to have Musaf today like any other Shabbat to Yantif, but it's not the same Musaf. The Musaf of Malkis, the Chronos and Shabbat, without Tikkiya Shabbat, by just a plain, regular Musaf, only a Mitzvah and Dirabala is not elevated to the higher level of becoming incorporated as part of a Mitzvah and Torah, because that Matam Mitzvah without the Maitha Mitzvah on a level of Dirabala is in effect meaningless. As such, since ultimately the reason behind the recitation of these psukim is the declaration of the Tameh and Mitzvahs of, of Kiyashofer itself, we can understand the somewhat strange statement by Rashi in the end of Masechus Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara tells us that the notion that we do of blowing what's called our Seyed HaBrachos, that we blow literally in the middle of Musaf, there are different customs, some blow only in the middle of Chazar Sashat, others blow even during the silence of Manasrei. But that idea in Halacha, blowing together with the Brachos itself, that only exists if a person is davening in a minion. If a person is davening the Yechidus, they have to hit the Shavar, and they have to daven, but you don't do it together. You don't stop in the middle of an individual tefillah in order to blow shofar, I'll say that brothers. If you don't do it together, one of the two has to come first. Which one is it? If you would have asked me, I would have said that the shofar should come first. If the role, that's the Torah, that's the main mitzvah, that's the policy explicit, and Malkin, the chorus and shofar is the secondary. Comes Rashi and says the order is reversed. Comes Rashi and says, first you David, and then you blow. And everybody asks in Rashi, why? The answer is very simple. And the whole purpose of Malkia, the Chonos, and Shofros 
to declare why you're doing the mitzvah, so then it's intuitively obvious that it makes sense to make a declaration before you do the mitzvah. If the mitzvah's over already, so it's finished. You will outside. Says Rashi, before you get up to actually blow, you have to reinforce the message in your own heart, in your own mind, why are you doing what you're doing? And the answer is, why am I adopted to shofar? Because Malthios, the Kronos, the Shofros, and all the lessons which appear, which are incorporated within these three brothers. This idea that Malthios, the Kronos, and Shofros make up the Tameh HaMitzvah of the Shofar, at first glance, this seems to contradict the famous statement of the Rambam and Chuba, where the Rambam attempts to give us his version of what the reason ultimately behind the Shofar is. Says the Rambam, although yes, Kiyashofar is a mitzvah in a Torah, and it's hard for us to give an absolutely true, valid reason. Says the Rambam, clearly there is a hint, clearly there is an illusion within the mitzvah of Kiyashofar to the notion of waking somebody up. Says the Rambam, Moshe Lamada Vitona, a person who is sleeping, and the alarm clock, they're in Cairo, I don't know if they had literal alarm clock, but somebody is calling to wake the person up. Says the Rambam, Uru Yishayim Mishnasem, awake, those of you who are sleeping, those of you who are slumbering, those of you who are involved in the Havle Hazman and the normal mundane activities, and realize the Yamadin is upon you. Says the Rambam, ultimately, Kiyashofer is a call to Shuvah. That's the true reason behind Kiyashofer. Now, there seems to be some degree of a contradiction. We're suggesting that there are a whole series of reasons for the Kiyashofer the reasons of coronation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Akedas Yitzchak and Matan Torah and Mimosa Mashiach and Chiyas HaMesem a whole series of reasons which make up the brachas of Malkis, Zechronos and Shofros which at first glance have in effect nothing to do with the tshuva these reasons stand in of themselves how can the Rambam turn around and tell us that the real reason so to speak the real remnant, the real illusion within the midst of Kiyah Shofar is a call to tshuva well which one is it? Are the reasons of Tkiyashofar, the reasons that we enumerated before, those reasons that are incorporated in the brachas of Malchus, Zechronos, and Shofros, are they the themes of Malchus Hashem, are they the themes of Yom Adin, the themes of Akedis Yitzchak, and Yemos Mashiach, and Malkin Torah, or is Tkiyashofar really one theme, namely the call to tshuva, the call to awaken a person from the slumber that takes place during the course of the year. Well, which one is it? So I think the answer is that in fact this is not a contradiction. And in order to understand why these two aspects of the Shofar not only do not contradict each other, but in fact complement one another, really behooves us to understand what the nature of Chuba and Rosh Hashanah is all about. The notion that Rosh Hashanah is a young Chuba in and of itself is a difficult one. Yes, the Rambam tells us that part and parcel of the Kiyashofar is the call of the Tshuva, and somehow intuitively we realize that we're supposed to be beginning Tshuva and Rosh Hashanah, of course the first day of Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the Sarasim and Tshuva, yet those aspects of Uchus Tshuva that we normally associate with the Yom Tshuva are very conspicuously absent from the Davening of Rosh Hashanah. As the Rambam tells us, the beginning of Uchus Tshuva the aspects of vidui, of an oral declaration of confession of one's sins, the notion of busha, the notion of a person stating his feelings of embarrassment and his feelings of harata, his, all of his regret for having sinned in the past. 
So none of this really appears explicitly in our doctrine in Rosh Hashanah. And in fact, the Pope begins to go so far as to say, the first line of Avinu Malkeinah, that we recite Avinu Malkeinah Chatanu Lepanecha, so some folks were very weary of even reciting this phrase in Rosh Hashanah, because technically speaking, Rosh Hashanah is a Yomtev, and you're not supposed to say Vidui on the Yomtev. So the Mephashim explain away, well, it doesn't really mean Avinu Malkeinah Chatanu Lepanecha, that we have sinned before you in the sense of that we're declaring our Chatanu, but rather the emphasis on the phrases Avinu Malkeinah, Kedish Baruch, you're our father, you're our king, the end of the word in parenthesis, not that it should be said, but namely, even though we don't really deserve it, and even though we sin, but still at Kaddish Baruch we still believe that you are a Malkeinu. But the emphasis of that phrase is not it's not speaking to us, so to speak, it's not emphasizing our sin, it's more of an emphasis on the Baruch of Kaddish Baruch So here the postium was so weary of even introducing any aspect of vetoing, any aspect of mentioning of Averos into our Davin on Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah Davin is long enough, and we don't find any recitation of Slichos, any direct mentioning of Chachayim in our Davin on Rosh Hashanah. So what is it all about? Is Rosh Hashanah a Yom Tshuva or is it not? Is the Rabbah correct in his analysis that the Kiyashofer is a call to Tshuva? If it's a call to tshuva, well, why don't we proceed by performing the mitzvah of tshuva by reciting vidui? So I think the answer to this is, is that in fact there are two distinct stages to tshuva. There is tshuva the machshava, and there is tshuva on particular nights and on particular actions. Before a person can get to the stage of literally clapping al hate, of addressing particular shortcomings, a person has to get there thoughts in proper perspective. A person has to have the correct and the correct philosophical outlook on life to be able to understand what is important and what is not important before you can get down to literally what we call the nitty-gritty. For a person to clap al-chayt without having first put chayyid into perspective is really meaningless. And in fact, this is the notion of the tshuva that begins with Rosh Hashanah and reaches its combination of Yom Kippur. The tshuva of Rosh Hashanah is a tshuva in terms of outlook on life. That's what we are supposed to accomplish in Rosh Hashanah. We're supposed to work on our perspectives on life. We're supposed to attempt to come to some serious conclusions as to what is important in life and what is not important in life. That is the avod of Rosh Hashanah. That's what we're supposed to accomplish. Rosh Hashanah is not the time to work out the details as of yet. We have a whole week of Aseris and Mechuba culminating with an entire day of Al-Khayt and Ashamu Bogados that get down to the very real day-to-day problems that we have encountered. Before we get the Yom Kippur, you have to have a Rosh Hashanah. Before you get the Tshuva of Maizen, you have to have a Tshuva Saleh, the Tshuva of the Machshava, a Tshuva of Hashkafa. That is ultimately what the Tshuva of Rosh Hashanah is all about. And what are these priorities in life? What are we supposed to focus on in Rosh Hashanah? What is the perspective of life that we're supposed to have? Comes the Shemana Hesri of Musaf and tells us what is important in life and what is not important in life. What is important in life are all incorporated into three brachos. The bracha of Maldios, the bracha of Mithronos, and the bracha of Shofos. Comes the davening and says to us in Rosh Hashanah, 
you want to know what your focus is supposed to be on Rosh Hashanah, don't think so much right now about the details of the Rosh Hashanah that you may have spoke during the course of the year. You'll have time for that next week and you'll give plenty of time. What you're supposed to be focusing in on Rosh Hashanah is Malchus Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch was the king of this world. Zichronos, there's a Yom Adin, there's a Din Mecheshbon, and HaKadosh Baruch has expectations of us. And what are those expectations? Shofros, the Vahik, Kala Shofar, Horeb, Chadek, Ma'od, that call of the Shofar of Matan Torah, the Shofar that will culminate in the Shofar of Yimot HaMashiach, that call that HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects of us, that we live up to that call HaShofar, that call which came at the time of our Sinai, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to us that first time in history, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will, the Karah, reveal himself once again, are we up to that revelation? Are we up to Hashroah Hashrina? Are our lives in sync with the Tkir Shofar of Matan Torah? Are we prepared for the Tkir Shofar of Yimosa Mashiach? These are some of the things that a person is supposed to be thinking about during the course of the day of Rosh Hashanah. So rather than a contradiction between this Tkir Shofar are the reasons, Malchus, Akronos, and Shofar are the reasons, Tshuva, the answer is, there is no contradiction between the two. It's Hayuhah. It's one and the same. The call to Shuvah that the Rambam was referring to was the very essence of Malchus, Zechonus, and Shofros. It's the call to Shuvah HaMachshavah. It's the call to Shuvah HaKlal, not necessarily to Shuvah HaKrah. It's the call to Shuvah HaLev and Shuvah HaMach and Shuvah HaMachshavah to get our perspectives ready before we can begin the Avodah Koshosh and Mikdash of attempting to correct each and every one of our particular shortcomings. The Avod and Rosh Hashanah is not the Pak al The Avod and Rosh Hashanah is to say Malchi as the Chronos and Shofar. The Avod and Rosh Hashanah is to be Chosen the Chuvah, to hear the call of the Shofar, to say the word to Malchi as the Chronos and Shofar, and put our thoughts in the proper perspective, enabling us to eventually, as the day of the Baseris and the Chuvah begin, to be able to be Chosen the Chuvah, I'll go Prat and Prat. So up until now, we are seeing that there is at least one <coughs> aspect of this relationship between the mitzvah of Tkiyashavar and the mitzvah of recitation of Malchus, Zechronos, and Shofros, at least in one direction, in the sense that Malchus, Zechronos, and Shofros enhance the mitzvah of Tkiyashavar. Malchus, Zechronos, and Shofros tell us what we're supposed to be focusing on during the time of Tkiyashavar, in the sense of serving as the time of mitzvahs the Tanya Mitzvah being the threefold aspects of Tshuva, the Tshuva Samachshava that are supposed to take place during the course of Tkiyah Shofar and Rosh Hashanah. But perhaps there's another relationship between these two Mitzvahs, which really, as we say in Allah, in the sense of that just as Malkiyah, Sikhronos, and Shofros enhances the Mitzvah of Tkiyah Shofar, it works in the other direction as well. That Tkiyah Shofar gives a new aspect gives a new key of a new fulfillment to the recitation of these psukim, that somehow the mitzvah Tkiyashofar elevates these psukim to a completely different level. We know that Rosh Hashanah is, besides being a Yom Hadid, is also primarily a Yom Tzfilah. This is of course expressed just very straight and simple by the length of our Tzfilahs in Rosh Hashanah. We know that there was a fundamental Bachlokas, for many hundreds of years about the insertion of different piyutim, 
took an additional tefillos into a davening that don't appear in the Gemara. There were some communities that were opposed to Putin, there were others which were in favor of Putin. And generally the Minig Yisrael has become that even those communities which during the rest of the year perhaps shied away from additional Putin, on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur as well, many, many of the Putin have become incorporated, different Minhagim as to which ones, but the notion that somehow in Rosh Hashanah we dive in literally more than we do during the rest of the year. What is this all about? The notion that Rosh Hashanah is a Yom HaTfila? So perhaps this can be understood in light of a fundamental machlokas in the Rishonim, what the whole source of Tfila is all about. The notion that we dive in every day, where does this come from? Where is the basic machlokas between the Ramam and the Ramban? What is the whole idea of davening on a daily basis? Where does it stem from? The Rambam's opinion is that this is a mitzvah bin HaTorah. According to the Rambam, the Gemara tells us this refers to Tzvilah. Says the Rambam, this applies on a daily basis. There's an actual mitzvah bin HaTorah to daven once a day, every day. The fact that we daven a specific nusach, a specific, specific times during the course of the day, this is clearly only with the Ramadan. But in that Torah, the idea of Dali once a day exists according to the Ramadan. And the Ramadan disagrees. The Ramadan tells us that in that Torah, there is no obligation to Dali on a daily basis. But the Ramadan concedes that sometimes there is a mitzvah in Torah to Dali. And that is what's called the Ace Sarah. If it is a time of need, if there is a specific Sarah, specific trouble, that is befalling an individual or a community, then there exists a mitzvah in Torah to daven even according to the opinion of the Rabban. It goes without saying that a person comes, Rosh Hashanah to Shul in the morning, and there is a Yom Hadid taking place, whether the person senses that Yom Hadid or not, anyone who aced Tzara did all There is no greater ace Tzara that we ever experienced during the course of our lives than the yearly ace Tzara of the first day of Rosh Hashanah. But the day of Shemayim is being decided, the Yichiyah, the Yomos, and everything that we shake, when we say the words of the Sanatokia, everything is being decided, being passed in, in the days of Shemayim. So even according to the Ramban, there is no question that a person calls out with Tzfilah, and such a Tzfilah on the day of Rosh Hashanah is clearly a Mitzvah in Hatzorah. Not only are the words of Adavling, an expression of Tzfilah, the Mitzvah in the rise of Tzfilah. But if we take a look carefully at the shofar itself, we also find that it is used as an expression of Tzfilah. Even the shape of the shofar, the Gemara tells us that Masechus Rosh Hashanah, and one of the reasons why the shofar is bent, is comes to a curve, is because of the fact when a person davening for Kaddish Baruch he is supposed to bend himself, he is supposed to lower himself toward the Kaddish Baruch and this is the expression of the curve of the bent shofar. So even within the surah, within the way the shofar physically looks, it is clearly an instrument of tefillah. And even within the nusach of Adavinim, when we conclude the bracha of shofaras, so we use a phrase, Shomeyach called Truas, Abba Yisrael Barachanim, that a Baruch Hu listens to the blowing of the Jewish people, to the blowing of the shofar, that phrase, Shomea, called Truas Amri Sobarachanin, is in effect the same phrase that we use all the time of Shomea, Tfilas Amri Sobarachanin. It's really one of the same that a Kaddish Baruch who hearkens to Rafkiya Shofar, 
similar to the way that hears how he pays attention to our tefillahs. There is some type of a notion in halacha that the kiyashofar, besides being a mitzvah, is also an expression, a fulfillment of a different type of tefillah. There is a mode of prayer above and beyond the actual recitation of the words of Malachius and Brothers and Shavros. Well, what is it? What aspect of tefillah does the kiyashofar take on? How does the Kiyoshofer enhance our tefillah? What is lacking in our tefillah? What is lacking in the process that we say that the Kiyoshofer somehow finishes the job, completes the Yom HaDin, transforming it into a Yom HaTefillah? There is a basic problem when we approach tefillah, a problem that we really have every day of our lives. A very simple, straightforward question, what to daven for? What are we supposed to ask that finish Baruch for? We all know every individual has their own list of a whole series of requests that they ask at the whether they verbalize them or whether they do mental requests. But each and every person during the course of their life has a serious, serious, a series of things which they want the Kaddish Baruch to do for them. And of course, we are all played with the question, and sometimes we only realize this in hindsight, something that we ask the Kaddish Baruch for and if, in fact, the Kaddish Baruch who listens to our request, it's not necessarily for our best. We may have thought that it was for our best at the time, but it may take days, it may take months, it may take many, many years later to realize that what we thought was a bracha, what we thought that a Kaddish Baruch who we begged the Kaddish Baruch to do for us, maybe in the end it would have been a little bit better if a Kaddish Baruch wouldn't have listened to that particular tefillah. Refreshing to say a little bit of a plan, the pastor from Ashray would sell your Rabbi Asaf, HaKadosh Baruch Hu does the will of those who fear, a person that's here, Shemayim, a person that's Tzadik, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will listen to them, and then the Eshavas of Yishma Biyoshir, then he got to bail him out of the problem that he got himself into, by asking for the wrong thing. So this is something that happens to each and every one of us, sometimes we look back at our own lives and say, maybe it would have been better if somehow HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have turned away from that particular tefillah. When a person comes to Davin and Rosh Hashanah, the ultimate Yom HaTfilah, so he comes with his whole pedal of different requests and legitimate requests for health and for happiness and for Parnosa. And then a person gets to the point that he or she realizes, wait one moment. Do we ultimately know what we're asking for is really for the good? Ultimately we get to the point where we're honest with ourselves that in a figurative sense of the word, we close on Abzorim and we say, we're not even sure what we should be asking for in the first place. We think we know what's best for us, but maybe a Kaddish Baruch knows a little bit better. And at this point comes the shofar and takes that tefillah to a higher level. What is the shofar? The Bafar should explain to us, the shofar ultimately is a tefillah without words. The word Shruah, Chazal tell us, is a Yavava, is a cry. A person is crying, cannot even get out the words. A person is listening to the Shofar and Rosh Hashanah, in effect what the person is saying, I davened, I davened away, I didn't walk Shacharis, and I spelled out all the things that I want you at the to do for me, and now I realize everything ultimately is in your hands. At the you take the Tzvilos, and you decide what's best for me. This is the role of Tzkiya Shofar as an enhancement of Tzvila, 
It's a tefillah without words. It's a tefillah that begins with the words end. And what is this request that we ultimately have from the Kiddush Baruch Hu? What is that tefillah without words? What is it supposed to ultimately be? To complete the cycle, we go back to saying to the Kiddush Baruch Hu, there are only three things in this world that are ultimately important. We are not sure about all our mundane requests that we're asking, which are good and which are no good. But we say to you, Akadosh Baruch Hu, there are three things that we're going to request without spelling them out, and those are Malchios, Zechronos, and Shofars. And we say to you, Akadosh Baruch Hu, we blow our Shofar in front of you, saying to you, Rebbe Shalom, what our true request in this world is, is called Malchus We beg of you, Rebbe Shalom, that Rosh Hashanah should be a day when your Malchus becomes recognized by all. We beg of you, Akadish Baruch Hu, Yalu Zichroneinu Rufanecha Lataiva. You should remember us for good, whatever your definition of good is. And we say to you, Rabbi Shalom, show for us the only thing that we truly want in this world is Ritzaneinu Lassas Ritzanecha. We want to keep your word. We want to be true and loyal to the Shofar of Harsinai. We want to be able to experience the Shofi of Osa Mashiach. After all the personal experiences are over, and after all the Nisanatotov and all the cries of the Yichia, the Yomus are over, we come back to the Rishbach with that ultimate Tzvirah, and we say to the Rebbeinah Shalom, with a combination of the cries of the Shofar, the Tzvirah without words, and then we plug in the best of our ability, the words themselves. And those words, somehow, we don't ask the Kaddish Baruch Hu, the Musaf, for the Parnassah, and somehow we don't ask the Kaddish Baruch Hu for Chayim, but ask the Kaddish Baruch Hu for three things. Lord Malchus Shemayim should be revealed in this world. Yahweh Zichroneicha, Zichroneinu L'Fanach L'Toivah, and give us the ability, Ritzaneinu L'Asas Ritzanecha. That's ultimately what we ask for. If the, all the private feelings are over, ultimately the true call of each and every Jew in Rosh Hashanah becomes the Malachi of Zechoros and Shofros, becomes the silent Tzvila, becomes the Tzvila without words, the call of Tzvila Shofra. So yes, we perform two mitzvahs in Rosh Hashanah, and yes, this takes up the bulk of our dominate, the mitzvah of Tzvila Shofra, the mitzvah of Malachi of Zechoros and Shofros. These are not two separate entities. These two mitzvahs complement one another and enhance one another. It is the Malachia Zechronos and Shofros that gives meaning to the Tzvi Shofar, that helps us understand what we're supposed to be concentrating, that the motifs of the dead of Rosh Hashanah are ultimately Malachia Zechronos and Shofros, and then comes the Shofar and assists us in our Tzvi itself. Comes the Shofar and elevates that Tzvi to a higher level, enables us to be able to beseech a Kaddish Baruch that ultimately each and every one of us, all we want to see in this world are in Malchus Shemayim, Yahweh Zechaneinu Lepanecha 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 Shofar, Ritzaneinu Latas Ritzanecha. And we all resolve on this Yom Bittim Rosh Hashanah to have us in mind of joining the Kiyah Shofar and joining the Davening and that the Yishbarach will accept our truths be loved, may this be a Yom Din Lepanecha, may be a Yom Tzvira Lepanecha for us and all of Palestine.